Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Life Lessons Podcast, the podcast that explores different people's journeys in life. As normal, I'm your host, Marcus Leeson, and today I'll be talking with a friend of mine who faced a pretty recent life-changing incident. We met through mutual friends back in the first year of university, and since then, we've kept in touch through volleyball and more recently, music. Still, though, I've never dug too deep into his experiences or learned much about his incident, so I'm excited to learn a lot more about him. So today with me, we have my boy, Sean Choi. Uh, how are you doing tonight, dude? I'm doing very great. I'm, a, I'm such a big fan, Marcus. Uh, <laughs> thank you for having me on, on your podcast. Yeah, no worries. Uh, do you want to give a brief introduction of yourself? Oh, okay. Um, hey, guys. I'm, my name is Sean Choi. Uh, I went to high school at, at Vancouver College, uh, which is an all-boys Catholic school. Uh, and for the last four years, I've been at UBC for biology, um, and I enjoy playing video games, uh, playing sports, and just hanging out with friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Damn. Are you graduating this year, actually? Or No. Okay. I'm going to be taking a fifth year. Oh, damn. Next, uh, next semester. So. Class of 2022, let's go. Exactly. <laughs> May 2022, then? Uh, yeah. Yeah, hey. I remember when I put twenty twenty uh, whatever uh, class of twenty twenty one UBC in my bio, and then I removed it when I <laughs> when I realized I was like, you know, I might have to take an extra year. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I didn't realize how common it was. I actually like back in high school, I always thought like, oh, almost everyone does four years, but almost all my friends have done five years for uni, five or six. Yeah, even. yeah, because yeah, you just go into it thinking it's gonna be four years. Mm-hmm. But then, like, a lot of people that I know are going to take, like, a fifth year or so. Yeah. So, I wonder yeah. if also, like, part of it's COVID because people are, like... <laughs> Could be as well. Yeah. I don't want to go work yet. I don't want to graduate during COVID. Like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds shitty. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. your summer plans like? Uh, I, I usually take, like, a, a course or, like, work in the summer. Mm. But um, this year, I, I just chose to... To not uh, to not uh, take a job up or uh, mm-hmm. a course, and because uh, I've been uh, just trying to relax this summer, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been looking into learning how to trade like cryptocurrency, Ooh. and um, just like trying to pick up new hobbies, like learn more guitar, Ooh. and maybe even drums. Mm. Do you and have just, a drum set? Yeah. Or? Yeah, my dad got like a drum set like a couple years ago, but like he never uses it. Oh damn! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it just kind of sits there, and I was just like, uh, a thing that I always like, uh, an instrument that I always thought like was a bit hard was drums, mm. like in terms of just rhythm and stuff, and using like your feet combined with your hands. Oh yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. tough. Yeah, so yeah, that's fair. I was, I, yeah, I was like interested in learning that too. Mm. Is so, it acoustic or electric? It's electric. Oh, okay. so I guess uh, you can just plug in headphones. Yeah, yeah, and then and just go at it. <laughs> yeah, because I was about to say, you know, acoustic drums are really freaking loud. I did not realize how loud they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely have to put that in the basement or something. If yeah, yeah, if you had the, a real like, one, the whole block's gonna hear you. <laughs> yeah, Maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah what did you do today? What did I do today? I ate the BTS meal for McDonald's. <laughs> I just went out with like a friend and then uh-huh. we were just like, let's just try this thing out. But uh-huh. I thought it would be something special, but it's just like 
a 10 piece McNuggets meal uh-huh. uh, with like special sauces. Like the sauces were not bad. I liked the Cajun, Cajun uh, sauce. Oh, okay. That one was good. The other one was like, eh. Yeah. That, that was about it. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about that till like literally a couple of minutes before this episode. I saw a bunch of people posting about it on Facebook. I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know. I just heard of it and I was just like, hey. I, I just kind of want, I'm, I want to try it out. Like, my, <laughs> my friend was just like, hey, you want to try this out? I was like, sure. Yeah. We just, like, ate it at a park. So, hey. so yeah. yeah, just been chilling, I guess. Me, I'm with a couple friends. Mm-hmm. Just, hey. Yeah, just relaxing and stuff. Yeah. Played I mean, a little bit of, like, Counter-Strike yeah. <laughs> today, earlier today. Yeah. That's about I it. mean, it's, like, the last real summer, I guess, right? Because, like, after you graduate, you're assuming you're working... You don't get summers off, right? So, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's yeah, good choice. That's partly another reason why I wanted to take this summer off or like just relax a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I had like a very like uh, a really long, uh, like a pretty long year, like a mm-hmm. pretty difficult one. So yeah, I just wanted to take some time and just relax. <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah. sense. And I feel like a lot of people have been having a tough year as well. I mean, <laughs> the whole world mm-hmm. kind of came to a stop. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty interested to hear how this year and just stuff has been. So let's just get right into it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, one of the first questions I ask uh, has to do with this whole idea of everyone's kind of their own protagonist in life. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting to think about how everybody else has an equally complex and meaningful life as yourself. And most of the time since you only see things through your own eyes and your own experiences, you don't necessarily truly understand like another person's essence and whatnot. Uh, so mm-hmm. I like to frame each person's life as a story where their own, they're their own protagonist. And so in oh, yeah. Sean Choi's story, um, well, like I'm wondering what is Sean Choi's three character traits, um, three, three character. traits that kind of defines you. Okay. Okay. Um, I'd like to say I'm genuine. Mm. Um, should I like elaborate on each? Yeah, go for it. Uh, character trait. Yeah. Okay, genuine. Um, yeah, like I like to be someone that people can trust, and uh, you know, if they're to tell me something, I won't go off telling other people. You mm. know, did you hear about so and so? Uh, yeah. I just like, I just believe in being true to others mm. and yourself. Yeah. And just, yeah, being genuine, like wearing your heart on your sleeve okay. and being an open book. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so genuine. Uh, I want to say hardworking. Sure. Uh, I have it put in like, a bit of work whether it was in high school or, or university or sports like i once i'm driven about something it's pretty hard mm-hmm. to s- like make me quit sure in it so like i have like a, a strong will when i have when i'm motivated or have passion about something sure but i don't if i if i don't have passion about something then i think with most people you, you get pretty <laughs> lazy about it or yeah. you know you just like let it sit there mm-hmm. and just no, I feel up. that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so hardworking and uh, optimistic, maybe. Sure. In what way? Yeah, optimistic. I don't know. I I try not to like. I try not to. Um, I try to see the good things out of the bad, always. Mm. Like, I try not to get caught up over past things or over things that I should have done. Okay. And and also like if something's looking bad, I always try to try my hardest to believe that it will be good again, or oh. the future will be brighter than than yesterday. Okay, interesting. So, so genuine, hardworking, optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm interested mm-hmm. to hear how you like kind of portray these in your different experiences. And do you think these are traits that you've kind of had for like as long as you can remember? Or are these traits that you feel like you kind of picked up in the later half of your years so far? Um, I think, I think it's something I've always had in me, Mm -hmm. but they've like, but I'm even more like, I don't, I don't know if the right word would be confident, but like they've strengthened over time even more. Sure. Like they've just uh, grown throughout my life. They've just like, I guess. Yeah. They've just like been amplified as I got older. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. Because I think when you're younger, you know, being genuine, you know, like to a three-year-old <laughs> kid or something, I yeah. don't know how, like they're pretty, they are genuine, yeah. but they just, they, they, their concept of it or like, they're, they're genuine because they can't help it, kind of, mm-hmm. almost, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. They, they just, they're just honest about everything. <laughs> Whereas when you get older, I guess you start having that decision of whether or not you want to be genuine about mm. something, maybe. Yeah, yeah, okay. So as I got older, I think, like, I proved that uh, I want to continue to be genuine and, mm. like, hardworking and optimistic. Sure, makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah. Going back on this whole idea of you're a character and your life is kind of a story, uh, what would you consider to be some character arcs? of yours or maybe some life-changing moments of yours whether it's a okay. crossroad you faced or a time of your life you grew a lot or something that just really steered you off your path yeah um yeah i can think of like probably yeah three three sure. right now so the first one would probably be um like uh i i i quit um basketball in grade after this after the year of grade, after grade 11 mm. i quit basketball like i i didn't play out my senior year in grade 12 oh. and it, yeah basketball it was a sport that I had played like basically like for as long as i could remember mm. for like ever since i was able to join like the school team or anything yeah. like that like ever mm-hmm. since grade like three or something, grade four. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I put a lot of work into and dedicated a lot of time. Like pretty much all my free time was going into basketball yeah. up until grade 11 or mm. the summer of grade 11. And it was a big decision for me because 
I thought that it was something I I could never do, mm-hmm. uh, or like you know, I, it was just always like you know, finish strong, yeah. go all the way to grade twelve kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I just realized that I wasn't I didn't have the the drive or the passion in basketball. In fact, like the times when I was playing, like I was. I was pretty half-hearted about it, really. Um, I think why I stayed in it was because my family, my friends, my teammates, it felt like I would be, like, laying them down Mm. if I had just quit right there. So I always had that looming in the back of my head, and just quitting didn't seem like ever an option. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing that might have kept me into basketball was, like, competitiveness. Sure. Like, I'm pretty competitive when it comes to, like, sports and you know yeah. like any kind of even video games like mm-hmm. yeah uh just i'm i'm competitive i have like i have a competitive nature mm-hmm. and i think that's what kind of kept me clinging on to basketball because sure. i did enjoy you know the, the competitiveness of mm-hmm. the sport mm-hmm. and so when i left the team since i had been doing nothing else except for school and basketball for yeah. such a long time for like 11 years or something. Mm-hmm. I felt pretty lost at the time. Well, not lost, but like I, I didn't really have anything much to do. Or like, like a part of uh, you was kind of. Yeah, a part of me was like missing. Now, right? First of all, yeah. Yeah. Like there's, you know, like my teammates were no longer my teammates, mm-hmm. even though like I played with them forever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was never, no longer going to play with them. Mm-hmm. Um, my my parents would no longer drive me to the games, tournaments, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. bring me to practice. Did you feel like and basketball was kind of part of your identity at that point? Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Because mm-hmm. it was it was the other half of my life. 50% oh, yeah. school, 50% basketball in, uh-huh. in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing else that I was really doing sure. with my life up to that, up till the point that I quit. Mm-hmm. And it felt like yeah, I felt just so life-altering in that uh-huh. in that moment. Like, yeah, and um, yeah, so I had to find things that I could fill my time with. And mm-hmm. you know, um, a part of the reason why I, I also quit was because I wanted to focus academically and like really push to get into like you know a good school and stuff, mm-hmm. get good grades. Uh, I think that was a small aspect. You know, I think you could still get good grades while you're an athlete as well. For sure. But there was a little bit of aspect of that too. For sure. Um, yeah. And so when I was looking for stuff to do, I found that I really loved like music and singing. Mm-hmm. And so I think quitting basketball actually let me ex- uh, let me explore my passion for like music and singing. Mm-hmm. A little bit more, especially yeah. like going to like an all guys school like like VC. I think singing was always you know seen as like <laughs> not the un- non masculine, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then I guess as you realize when you get older that um, you know that that stuff doesn't really exist. <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah. if you want to sing, sing your heart out, right? And so. 
oh yeah, so I guess quitting the team also helped me kind of take off my mask of being like, you know, uh, you know, a jock or, you know, <laughs> like not like alpha male or anything, but <laughs> there, you know, that kind of like, um, you know, tough, mm-hmm. like, like a tough, like, uh, persona or mm-hmm. tough, uh, yeah. Like the tough guy kind of thing. Sure. And it let me embrace like music and, and singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think it helped me like, uh, get it more in tune with like my emotions as well. Sure. And what? like, you know, what, uh, what kind of made you lose yeah. passion for basketball? Uh, for example, just at the beginning, you were saying that as long as you had a passion for something, you felt like you could just keep doing it yeah. and working hard at it. And from what it sounds like, you, as you said, like there's a big community around you supporting you. Well, I'm assuming supporting you. Mm-hmm. You said around you. So, but, yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. But yeah, what part of basketball, I guess, what got you so into basketball and what made you fall out of love with basketball i always felt like it was something that my parents got got me into right Mm -hmm. i mean with everyone most of the Mm -hmm. time sports are parents will put their uh, kids in sports at a very young age and so it just kind of stuck i just kind of stuck with basketball all throughout these years my dad really loves the game so i feel like he his love for the game, uh, he wanted me to have it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just never really developed it to the amount or to the extent that he he had when, sure. he, when he was playing, you know? Uh-huh. And so I don't know if I ever loved basketball. I might have mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah. But I realized that um, it just wasn't for me. I didn't see it taking me to like the next level i didn't i wasn't Mm. gonna my plan wasn't to play university ball or anything like that yeah yeah, yeah. so i realized you know i got one more year a Mm -hmm. senior year where i can live my life and Mm -hmm. you know uh that's when i started socializing more you know (laughs) talking to girls stuff like that like you know because up to that point it was just the basketball team and they're all guys so like You know, I. Yeah. You're telling like me that, girls were not interested in basketball playing Sean? Uh, not so much. I just never had the chance to, I guess, talk to any girls, <laughs> I guess. Like, yeah. I don't know if they're interested or not. Like, I was a pretty shy <laughs> guy, I was pretty quiet. So, I think you know, in grade 12, I was able to, <laughs> to talk to the other gender of uh-huh. the species. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's something but, I've asked. I think couple, uh, a couple of people who I've had. I've had um, Kurt on, who also went to VC, yeah. same year as you. Blessy yeah. from LFA. So, uh, so I mean, sister mm-hmm. school at least. I guess for you, mm-hmm. like, what was going to an, an all boys school like? Did you also like? Did you feel like you did have that kind of awkwardness around girls since they weren't like around you all the time, or? It was just kind yeah. of normal. And actually, did you go to VC from like grade one all the way through grade 12? or? Yeah, actually ah, kindergarten all the damn. way through grade 12. So <laughs> yeah. I only had kind of like two years of preschool where I was in like co-ed, co-ed mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was just VC. So I've, you know, all of my high school life, I was only socializing with like guys. <laughs> and only till 
grade 11 or 12 was when I started, you know, talking to girls and stuff, mm-hmm. just as friends, really. I'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, people were dating and stuff. So I was like, oh, am I going to date someone? <laughs> but uh, it was more like just, you know, socializing and stuff. And, uh-huh. like, luckily, you know, I had some really nice friends, met some really nice people, and mm-hmm. I was able to, you know, develop some sort of social life. Yeah. And then I guess from there, it just naturally, you know, uh, just becomes who you are. Oh, but damn. Yeah, it, it was definitely tough, though. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for, like, mutual friends or anything, or, like, mm-hmm. friends of mine, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I might even be struggling talking <laughs> to girls right now. <laughs> I don't know, man. So. I definitely would have thought, like, six foot one Sean Choi basketball all-star would have been, like... Having all the girls, dude. <laughs> no, definitely not. I was very quiet and awkward oh. in grade, like, yeah, grade 12, man. I was oh. like, I did not know what was, what, like, how to socialize for anything <laughs> to save my life. Yeah. It was just, it was a mess. Like, I was oh. just so, like, I was always overthinking things, you know? I was oh. thinking, like, would this be funny to say? <laughs> but now, you know, yeah. you just blurt something out. If you, yeah. if you think it's funny, you say it. Right, like, but like before, I had no, I, no idea, like uh-huh. what I was doing. I was just like, so, you know, I was just thinking so much. I did, I wasn't saying much. Uh, so I was pretty yeah. quiet and like awkward. Uh-huh. So, do you wish, uh, VC wasn't coed, or did you kind of like? Oh, sorry. Do you wish VC was uh-huh. coed, or did you like the all boys aspect? Uh, I think. I was fine with the all boys aspect because I'm mm. just I was just so used to it. But I thought it was fine. I think maybe if I had picked up other hobbies that were co-ed, co-ed like uh, you know, played like ultimate or something, and like or picked up just any sport or like art that had included like girls or something, or that was co-ed. Uh, I think that would be that. That's like I think that would have been fine. But I just never picked up any of those hobbies it was always just basketball but uh, I, I really liked the brotherhood at vc it you know if you if you run into someone from vc uh like years later like there's just like that like connection that you have to them because like yeah like we're, we're pretty big on like building like a brotherhood and and you can just kind of like pick up where you last started with with uh you know a fellow classmate from vc so i like that i i don't know if i don't think i would go back and change it if i if i could yeah yeah uh i guess going back to like the whole basketball thing um what exactly happened so after you kind of quit um i guess you were saying that you thought quitting was never really an option your like your teammates would be kind of disappointed your parents might be kind of disappointed, especially since you said your dad had a big love for the sport. So yeah, mm-hmm. I guess how did everyone else kind of take it when you quit? Um, everyone was quite shocked. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of my teammates, like when they heard of it, they just, I guess they couldn't believe it or like definitely the parents as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my coach was just like, he he had no idea that I felt that way about the sport or, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. He, he had no idea. It just kind of took everyone by surprise. Mm-hmm. Cause, um, 
yeah, they just everyone just assumed that I loved playing basketball, mm. and just because I put so much work into it. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but they took it well, and they're very supportive of me. Mm-hmm. You know, they they always uh, you know right when it happened, they're saying like, you know, you're always gonna be our like friend and mm-hmm. our teammate, right, mm-hmm. our brother. Yeah. <laughs> so. It was just very emotional. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. Like, it was emotional for like the other guys, but like internally too. Like, you know, I was like, I was crying and stuff because mm-hmm. it's just so much. It was so much weight li- being lifted off my shoulders, but as well as like I was saying goodbye to like a sport at this school mm-hmm. that I had like dedicated like so much of my time and like hard work to. Mm-hmm. and it's just like it just felt you know it, it was hard to not let go but just like say goodbye mm-hmm. it was, even though I had to it, it just it still hurt so yeah yeah do you think your expectations of how it was going to go was very different from what actually happened yeah I think I thought it would be like all smiles and stuff but it was oh. a lot harder than I thought it would be oh just actually getting the words out to my coach and being like uh-huh. I don't love the game. I uh-huh. I can't play next year, yeah. and stuff like that. It mm-hmm. was just very like hard, and just something about it was like bittersweet, almost mm-hmm. like just like high, hanging up the uniform kind mm-hmm. of thing. <laughs> yeah, and it was like yeah, and at the time, you know, I was going through it, like I was still developing as like a you know like a young man, so mm-hmm. you know like puberty, everything, blah blah, blah. <laughs> learning life experiences. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was pretty emotional, and sure. things seem more dramatic in high school. It seems, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, life gets dramatic sometimes too. But you know, it felt like the world was like not ending, but just flipping. Mm-hmm. It just felt so weird. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I guess moving on. You said you had a okay. another two different life changing moments. You feel? Uh, what's your next one? Yeah. So I guess the second one was kind of built into the first one, which was like my social life mm. really changed for sure. the better. And mm-hmm. after, but, but it's the ba- quitting basketball kind of opened that option for me sure. in, in my eyes. And so it's like kind of like social life and uh, music, which I kind of touched upon. Oh. So that, Actually, that was I, have, I have a question. Do you feel like yeah. you had to quit basketball to improve your social life and stuff or do you feel like it was something that you could have been able to juggle or have together to be honest uh i i think i could have juggled everything but the amount of free time that i would have had to actually hang out with friends and stuff Mm. like would have been pretty low uh just because um yeah i i was just practicing every day mm-hmm. and having games here and then here and mm-hmm. there like just it's pretty busy so yeah. i don't i don't think i would have been able to socialize as like as much as i could have and yeah and and it as i said like it kind of helped me take off like a mask of like 
you know, of uh, being someone else. Sure. Right? Like, because I was kind of, it felt like I was, like, living a lie. Mm. Like, right? Wow, that's Sean Choi. He's, like, <laughs> loves basketball. Loves basketball. Like, you know, basketball player. So good. Yeah. yeah. Like, right? <laughs> like, and it's just, like, meanwhile, inside, I'm just, like, oh, I don't really like this sport. <laughs> but I don't even like doing this. Uh-huh. While I'm here kind of thing. Uh-huh. But, like, on the outside, everyone's just, like, I'm playing. I'm bring, I'm working my butt off, blah, blah, uh-huh. blah. Like, how could he not love the game? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, I think quitting basketball really enabled me to okay. reach out and find something else and socialize more. Mm-hmm. Fair so, enough. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's the second one. And then I guess the third one, I don't know if, yeah. So the third one would probably be like the, uh, the incident, uh-huh. I guess, <laughs> which, yeah. uh, yeah, so, yeah, for many people don't know, but, uh, yeah, I I had um, a heart, uh, a, well, I had a cardiac arrest <laughs> while playing basketball. Oh, funnily enough, basketball. Yeah, uh, <laughs> basketball well, really killing you out yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, intram- I was playing intramurals, mm-hmm. and, uh... And I was uh, pushing myself a bit harder than I usually do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like really take a breather. And I kind of just, like, and then I collapsed. Mm. And next thing you know, uh, I woke up on the, the gym floor. And I had no idea that I had just been, like, shocked by oh, the yeah. AED, by the defibrillator. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and I was just in the hospital for longest for like two weeks like mm-hmm. doing tests and seeing what was wrong like what was up with my heart and stuff mm. and they couldn't really find at the time what was wrong yeah. so the the smartest thing that they wanted to do was give me a, like a pacemaker sure it's actually called an icd uh an intro an introverter oh sorry implanted cardioverter <laughs> defibrillator Okay. ICD. Yeah. So it is capable of shocking my heart in case it stops. Oh. Whereas pacemakers are usually smaller and they only really, they pace the heart only. Mm-hmm. But this one that I had is capable of de- de- delivering shocks. Okay. So I had that implanted just above my left pec, mm-hmm. just underneath the skin. And they're basically wires that go like into the heart. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, and so I left the house with, I mean, I left the hospital back to my house with that, and I had to mm-hmm. recover and stuff, and yeah, things were looking okay. Yeah. Like, obviously, it was a very crazy event. It was. Like, it didn't feel like it was real. What was going through your head at the time, I think, even all the way back from once you woke up from the gym? <laughs> yeah, it was going in my head. I knew something was off. Uh, you know, when I woke up, obviously I was so nauseous. I had just been, I guess, brought back to life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, I knew something was wrong because mm-hmm. obviously I felt so crappy. And yeah. I heard paramedics just asking me like shock questions, you know, like, uh-huh. you know, what's your name? What's your birthday? Stuff yeah. like that. Uh-huh. And 
I had no idea what had just happened, but I knew I, something. I had passed out to mm-hmm. some extent. I, I didn't know my heart stopped for sure. <laughs> I thought yeah. I, I thought I had just passed out only. Uh-huh. And and then yeah, I don't know. I, and then I, I woke up in the hospital, and then they explained to me exactly what happened. And I wait, sorry, like, you woke up in the hospital, as in you passed out again? Yeah, okay, so what happened was I, I woke up and I could barely open my eyes because I was so dizzy and nauseous. Mm. And then I remember a little bit of the ambulance ride over. Mm. I remember getting into the bed and stuff and they're like sticking me with needles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then and then I just fell asleep. Oh, okay. Because like, I was so out of it, I think. I fell asleep. Oh. Then mm. I re-woke up again. And then oh, like, okay. my parents were there and Ellis uh-huh. was there. And like, they're so like they're so like worried about mm-hmm. me. Like, yeah, and I was just kind of like smiled at them. And I was just <laughs> like, "Hey, I'm okay" or something. Yeah. But like, I didn't know what happened mm-hmm, until the sure. doctor came in, and they're just like, "Yeah, they had to shock you uh-huh. back to life. You're a very lucky man." Uh, yeah. And then I was just like. To take some time to process to that because I was like, "What the heck?" Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, for sure. It felt it's like literally life changing, right? Yeah, so. it felt like it didn't feel real. Mm-hmm. And then, so, um, sorry. So the yeah. doctors thought that this was like, like you were super lucky, and as in, like, if they were any later, do you think they were saying like it would have gone really uh, bad, or just like yeah, having a heart attack is just bad? <laughs> Yeah, if my teammate, my teammates, and like the staff, didn't work as fast as they could, mm. then it's a possibility that I could have like just passed away. Oh yeah. So, luckily, I had like my basketball team was like on, like ready to go, mm-hmm. or like you know they just knew what to do, and then mm-hmm. the staff had the AD right there. Yeah. And it all. As well, I don't really know, you know, obviously exactly what happened, but they worked fast enough mm-hmm. to to save me and not mm-hmm. just save, like bring bring me back, but like keep my you know brain intact mm-hmm. as yeah. well and stuff because you know the brain uh, you can suffer from brain damage stuff mm-hmm. like that if if you don't have enough oxygen. Yeah. So they did it quick enough that. I think I don't have any brain damage, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they did it quick enough that I'm pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of was okay, and they, um, they saved me. When was this again? This was like it's in October winter 2019. 2019. Yeah, okay. October 2019. Cause yeah, I remember seeing a snap or maybe a story about it. You were like, "Oh, I'm in the hospital." I just, and I was in Edmonton at the time, and I just called you immediately. I was like, "What the hell are you in the hospital for? Like, what the heck?" Yeah. But, uh, yeah. What was like the general support like from your friends and family and stuff? Yeah. At first, obviously very supportive. You know, I'm very lucky to have like family and friends and a girlfriend who loves loves me so much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, they're just obviously so worried about me Mm -hmm. they had no clue what was 
what was up with my heart or anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they just told me everything would be okay. Yeah. And they would get, you know, we would get to the bottom of it together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had friends who visited me at the hospital mm-hmm. and just keep me company while I was mm-hmm. just lying in bed. Yeah. Try, trying to not do anything with my heart because mm-hmm. I had no clue if it would just fail me right there, you know? Uh-huh. So I, I was, yeah, just really supportive uh-huh. and like lots of love coming my way. Yeah. And I guess how are you feeling throughout all this? I'm assuming, I would assume a lot of fear, but do you think I was like fear and anxiety and stuff or? I, I was definitely very, yeah, very scared because I felt like, you know, I was, I was having thoughts like if I fell asleep, would I be awake the next day? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, thoughts like, oh, well, if this is the last time I talked to someone, like, mm-hmm. what kind of conversation did I want to have with them? Or like, mm-hmm. how did I want to speak to them? Stuff yeah. like that. So there's definitely those thoughts, but as the days went on, it started getting less and less, and I just, but then I start, I started feeling more, like, grateful mm. about what I had, and yeah. and started realizing that, like, people who go through this, like, a big, like, a majority of them probably don't even make it, mm-hmm. right? People who go through, like, people whose, whose hearts stop on them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, a very low chance of, like, Mm -hmm. survival. So I started feeling, like, more hopeful about things and, like, kind of be like, you know, I'm the lucky one that survived. So Mm -hmm. what am I here worrying and, like, whining about? You know, there's other people who would would love to, you know, there's other people who have passed away Mm -hmm. that maybe they're, looking down for me from heaven or something or mm-hmm. and they're like damn like I wish I could be that guy who's still living his mm-hmm. life or something yeah or like that kind of thought mm-hmm. and I was just like you know I guess not suck it up but just like be like you know I need to take a different angle at this because mm-hmm. what's the point of like worrying mm-hmm. what's the point of worrying about this if you know if today's my last day I spent it worrying mm-hmm. yeah. you know Mm-hmm. And that's not how I want to spend my last day on Earth, uh-huh. like worrying or like you know being scared. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it goes right? back to how you were saying like you're being optimistic in general, and so just yeah. kind of flipping your view is of like, mm-hmm. sure I'm not doing as great as before, but like lots of other people would have preferred to be in my position, I guess, and thinking about yeah. like, how lucky you were. Exactly. Like, even though this is something bad that happened to me like there's always someone who's going through something as difficult or even more difficult than mm-hmm. and it's like makes you feel not alone but also makes you feel like grateful or like mm-hmm. you know this is what it is to be human yeah and you have to choose how you feel about it and I want to choose to see it optimistically Mm -hmm. because you know if if it was my last day then I want to be laughing 
and mm-hmm. happy. Mm-hmm. So what happened so, after you were like discharged from the hospital? Did they give you the ICD right away or? Yeah. So they implanted it and I couldn't move my left shoulder for like a month or so. Sorry, was that surgery or no? Yeah, it was a surgery. Oh. So oh, yeah. yeah, so they, they kind of put you just, under, I'm assuming, or? Honest, actually, they don't. What? <laughs> yeah, I was awake when they're putting like wires in my heart. <laughs> wait, like it's kind of. Wait, can you look at your arm, or they're just like, don't look? <laughs> no, yeah, they just put like kind of like a a tarp over it, and you can't oh. really see it. I was oh, obviously like drugged up a bit, but like uh-huh. I could feel the sensation of wires being like slipped in. Oh, what the heck? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. But yeah, I could feel that. And it's, uh-huh. it's just something, it's just, yeah, something that not a lot of people would experience, I guess. But uh-huh. I have experienced it. So yeah. if anyone was wondering, it's not, it's not the most pleasant feeling. Uh-huh. It, it didn't hurt. Okay. So how long was it? Uh it was like an hour, I think. But mm. it wow, actually, no. Two hours I think. Oh, okay. But when I was on drugs like it felt like <laughs> fifteen, twenty okay, minutes. Yeah. Okay, it felt yeah, pretty yeah. short. So yeah. I guess and, you weren't that scared because the drugs during the thing though? Yeah, the drugs. Most of the anxiety was like before. Yeah, most of the anxiety comes from before. And then mm-hmm. the drugs really help you, like, have that feeling of, like, <laughs> like you know that meme where, like, the world is bo- burning and, like, the dog's just sitting there and be I'm like, fine. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, like, that's, I guess, what those drugs do for you. Uh-huh. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the drugs make you less anxious and stuff. Mm-hmm. Even though your, your mind might be worried. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't really have the symptoms of anxiety, like deep, like panicked breathing or anything. Mm-hmm, sure. You're just kind of more relaxed. So, so you got the yeah. ICD and then, yeah. So I just... got that, and kind of started living my life. You know, trying mm-hmm. to get back to normal, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. But uh, yeah, and then, but I guess that wasn't really the worst of it yet because <laughs> I got um, so I got I was playing ba- uh, volleyball actually I was mm-hmm. trying to get active again I started playing volleyball and I noticed my heart was just started racing and mm-hmm. and racing and racing and then all of a sudden I got shocked by it mm-hmm. and and basically, when it's shocking you, it's literally defibrillating you. It's yeah. Oh my gosh. So I was in the middle of a game, uh-huh. and like the feeling is like really, really weird. Your heart's being reset. <laughs> yeah. So um, oh, I'm just like felt, cringing just thinking yeah. about it. Like that sounds crazy. Yeah. So I don't know how to explain it, but it's like being punched. From within your chest it's weird oh sorry I, so it's yeah. just like a fast is, yeah it's like is a it just boom. like a fast impulse okay yeah but like you know when you see in movies when someone gets defibrillated yeah. or something mm-hmm. it's kind of like that you kind of do that okay so it's like your yeah. chest kind of yeah okay, and it's yeah. just oh my god it's just weird anyways 
Uh-huh. So that, and that is, I think, like the shocks were more traumatizing than the actual cardiac arrest, like uh-huh. months before. Yeah. And it was just like, because I was awake. Mm-hmm. I stayed conscious. I didn't. The, the first time this, you know, when I had the cardiac arrest, I uh-huh. had become unconscious. Uh-huh. Right? And mm-hmm. so I didn't feel anything. I didn't yeah. have any. Like, right? But then this time I felt everything. Yeah. I felt the sensation of being shocked and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you instantly I, know, like, you got shocked? Like, I know you said yes, you felt the instant pain, but you were like, shit, that's, that's my heart. Oh, yeah. And I oh. was so scared because I was like, first of all, I thought, You know, I was just like, obviously something's wrong yeah. right, with my heart. And then I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. And then I got shocked. And then I, th- I thought I was going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, because it brought me to my knees, like the uh-huh. shock. And then I was just like, I thought I was going to die. And like my heart rate was like still so high. Mm-hmm. And then I got shocked an- another oh. time. So Holy I got shit. Boom, twice. <laughs> and then the second time. Um, the way it works is that it gives you a, a stronger shock the second time. What the fuck? <laughs> so uh, it was even more intense the second time. And I was like, okay. And like, I was just trying so hard to breathe. Oh. And like I was just like trying to mm, relax my heart and uh-huh. just keep deep breaths, deep breaths. And then finally it was just stable, right? And mm-hmm. I was just okay. It was, yeah. it was successful in like resetting my rhythm, my, mm-hmm. my heart rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I was, it was just so intense. And then I, but I straight up thought like, uh, it was so scary. I, it, like I thought I was going to like die basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I had no clue what was happening with my heart. Right. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So other than, I guess, try to breathe, but like it was, it, yeah, it was just like, that was very traumatic. For sure. And it was just crazy. And then, the uh the thing about the device is that it sends events right it sends it records actually mm-hmm. so it, re- it had recorded and it saw that my heart was doing this thing uh called like tachycardia right so like insanely high heart rates mm. and so like mine my my heart rate was at like 280 or something what or like yeah <laughs> or like pushing to 300 or something like that and what then the f- uh, so that's why it gave me the shock because it realizes, dude, this is so high. This is, we need to reset his heart. Uh-huh. And so, well, obviously it's a machine, right? It's not going to yeah, ask yeah. me, is that okay, Sean? <laughs> no, it's yeah. going to, it's going to step in there and uh-huh. do it. And so, yeah. And so that happened, right? And what's even weirder mm-hmm. is that I have been living with that condition all my life. Oh. I had actually felt the those uh, arrhythmias it's called like those heart rhythms insanely high heart rhythms ever since like grade like middle school like ever since like and i was you know i'd be in in a middle of a high school basketball 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 game (laughs) Uh against like our rival Mm -hmm. and i would have it and i just thought i was out of breath i just thought Uh i was like out of shape or something yeah but it was actually my heart rate shooting to like 280 or so that's insane. and then and then I, what i would do is i would try to get a breather and then my body would actually correct it 
Oh. Most, I think most people would just pass out. Uh-huh. But I had developed some sort of resistance to it, I think. <laughs> sure. But, you know, that one time I collapsed was, you know, I think I was not in sh- as, as much shape as before. Mm-hmm. And I just ran my body to the ground. Like, I was just running and running and running. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't take a break that time. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I went in for a surgery. It's called mm-hmm. an ablation. They uh, burn. So the thing that creates the high heart rate is like um, I have an extra circuit in my heart. Sure. It's kind of like an extra road. Like uh, it's kind of like an extra pathway. Yeah. Sure. So that's what creates the high heart rate. And then so they burned it out. And I was supposed to fix it. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, we'll keep the ICD <laughs> in just in case. Yeah. And, you know get back to living your life so a couple uh-huh. months pass and i mustered the courage up to um to get back into exercise again mm-hmm. and this time i was playing basketball yeah and so i was you know kind of you know shooting and stuff trying to take it easy trying to go slow mm-hmm. and then but then i just kind of instinct right <laughs> years of basketball uh-huh. um I'm, i jumped for the rebound and then yeah. instantly i knew that i had triggered that path like I've triggered the high heart rate again. Yeah. And I was trying so hard to breathe and relax myself and slow mm-hmm. down my heart, but I couldn't. And the, I can't even, the scariest feeling was I hadn't known what a shock was like before. Right. So mm-hmm. the sec, so the second time it's like, you know, it's I was, coming. I know it's coming and yeah. I, I can't, it's like, right. So I, I can't communicate to the device. I can't be like, Hey, <laughs> please don't shock me. I got this. I got this. <laughs> Yeah. right i just have to my heart rate is just going going and i have to try to relax and mm-hmm. breathe and breathe and i don't know when it's gonna shock me i don't know right yeah and, and just so, knowing that it's coming makes it even harder to slow your heart rate down right exactly so it's yeah. kind of spiking my heart rate up because i'm yeah. so anxious and scared uh-huh. and then so okay so my metaphor for it was Imagine it's like you're in a passenger seat, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's like a rock on sure. the uh, driver's uh, gas, mm-hmm. right? And it's just yeah. flooring it. And there's a concrete wall right ahead of you. <laughs> and so you're like, please stop, please stop. But the rock is not going to budge. It's yeah. just there. So you have to sit in the passenger seat <laughs> and look right through the windshield and be like, yeah i'm gonna hit the concrete wall i don't know when but, or like you know i'm just i just gotta sit and take this yeah and brace oh. for impact uh-huh so that's what it was like and it was just like boom shocked me mm-hmm. and i was just like so dazed and like yeah i was just yeah. like and i think at that moment what made it even worse was that i thought i had been fixed mm-hmm. you know i got the surgery mm-hmm. i thought that my heart was healthy i thought it was all good again Mm -hmm. but i think what made it even more traumatic for me was uh you know hey your heart's not fixed Mm kind of right all at the same time as being shocked so both of those things combined were like Mm -hmm. a lot so the next couple of days and weeks even like months i was so like fragile Mm -hmm. i was so anxious yeah because I was like, I was so scared that if I got anxious or had like a panic attack or something, mm-hmm. it would set off my device. 
Yeah. But then since, and then when I have those thoughts, it would, I'd notice my heart rate would increase because you're scared, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. you're anxious. When you're anxious, uh-huh. your heart rate increases. So yeah. I'd feel my heart rate increasing and I would get worried about my heart rate increasing. <laughs> so yeah. I'd worry even more about it and it would drive my heart rate even higher. Yeah. And so it's like yeah. a positive, loop. positive feedback loop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except with a negative outcome. Yeah. <laughs> So, I had to deal with those kinds of things, and mm-hmm. it was pretty hard. It's like, yeah, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, for sure. But and I, yeah, I think just the fact that, as you said, like you, everyone tells you like, oh, I just trust, trust in the process, trust in whatever. Yeah, and you trusted like, all right, I'm gonna get the surgery, like everything's gonna be good now, and you put like all your faith in that, and all of a sudden, boom, the shock again, right? Exactly. I'm sure that gives that, as you said, like trauma of like, will never really knowing if you're ever really okay, right? Like just that breach of trust, I guess. Yeah. It's just like, you don't know what to believe anymore, right? Yeah. 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 It's like a breach of trust. It's like you thought the doctors got it. And, you know, lots of positive reinforcement, like, you know, support. Uh And, like, it all just shattered the second time I got shocked on that that second occasion. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and just the anxiety of another shock. Mm -hmm. I just, it was just so much. I was just so scared all the time. I was scared of my own heart. Mm -hmm. And, like, at night it would be so quiet I could hear my own heart. Yeah. And, like, um... I, I think it would be hard to sleep and stuff and because mm-hmm. you just hear love dub love dub yeah. right and you and don't know listening to its speed and everything yeah and i'm just like wondering is the next beat gonna be bad yeah right is it is it gonna be okay mm-hmm. uh so i actually like started like listening to like kind of just like uh like bedtime stories <laughs> just like mm-hmm. it's just kind of like those it's like supposed to bore you to sleep okay yeah so kind of like podcasts in a way Mm -hmm. and like i was just listening to those started listening to those so that my ears could be listening to something else rather than my Mm -hmm. heart and for sure that helped a little bit Mm -hmm. uh but just like every day i was just so like nervous so nervous Mm -hmm. and like um i had never experienced anything like this before i was I was never, I was awkward, I was shy, but I was mm-hmm. never super anxious of a person. Mm-hmm. And um, I had never experienced this before. I was going through something like, kind of like PTSD. Yeah. Uh, kind of like, and um, yeah, it was just so hard. It was like, each day, like I was fighting with my thoughts to like, like try to convince myself that you know, hey, you're not gonna get shocked today. Mm-hmm. Um, your heart's fine, right? I think what's interesting is you just said like uh, you were going through PTSD as in like in the past. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you've kind of overcome, and how have you done so? I've, I, I have, I like to say I've overcome it. It's like definitely way better than before. Um, Mm -hmm. I do sometimes get anxious about, you know, um, 
about things. But um, actually, uh, fast forward, I got another ablation. So they tried oh. to burn it out again. They tried to mm-hmm. burn the, the pathway. Yeah, I've done tests and stuff and, you know, like fitness tests and stuff. And it seems to be okay. Now. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've also gone the ICD removed, actually. Oh. So I don't have a piece of metal and like <laughs> stuck stuck in my on my chest. So oh, wait, that's nice. really good, isn't that? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But, so uh, wait, sorry. Yeah, so the so, doctors think you're pretty good now, or I guess mm-hmm. they feel good. They feel pretty good, and you know, even if I wasn't good, I think. Um, I, I, I'm living a lot better of a life than if I had it in because I'd be worried about shocks and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as you know, in the past, I said I was able to recover from it before usually. Yeah. So if I kind of just lie down and let my heart just relax, mm-hmm. you know, if something bad was to happen, um, I think I'd be okay. Oh. I think in that in that case, you know, something in the future, like knock on wood, happens, mm-hmm. then uh, you know, I'll just go for a third ablation, and yeah. <laughs> just keep trying, or uh-huh. or just you know, maybe have to accept uh, accept a life with less intense exercise or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. uh, I've had to come to terms with living a life with maybe never being able to play like competitive sports again you know maybe mm-hmm. play like light light lighter sports badminton mm-hmm. or something where i'm not running too much uh even though yeah, i know badminton pretty and yeah. or stuff like that can be <laughs> yeah. intense yeah i'm not yeah. hey no shade to anyone who plays badminton <laughs> uh but you know it's uh oh i could still play basketball but maybe just like, be like yeah. a corner three specialist <laughs> yeah. not play as much defense stuff like that i've it's had like a to, different type of intensity. you know i'm trying yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I'm trying to work towards. I've I've had I've accepted that already. I've accepted mm. that. Like, uh, oh. you know, living a different normal. Like I've accepted not ha- being able to play stuff like that. I am working to. To, get back to like, everything I was ever able to do before. Mm-hmm. You know, intense exercise and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that if I, I proved to myself that I could do those things day in day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, daily. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, I'm I'm pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm decent. Otherwise, I'd be like always thinking to myself, "Hey, don't push yourself too hard. Don't push yourself too hard." Mm-hmm. And, you know, that would be like anxiety looming over my head all the time for, for sure. my life. And yeah. if there's a chance where I could push through that psychological limit and mm-hmm. like literally go back to like intense workouts, then and if my heart can take it, then you know. I'll take that. I'll mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. But have you tried any I exercise have recently? In the past. Yeah. I have. I have. I've tried. I, I, I'm actually, yeah, I'm in the process of like increasing my exercise mm-hmm. and things like that. And um, just trying to get my heart rate higher, um, mm-hmm. seeing how I'm feeling about it. And so far it's been pretty good. Okay. Um, I don't feel confident in like, I think jumping in straight into a competitive basketball game right now, oh. I would like even if my heart would be fine, I'd probably like pass out Mentally. from being oh. so scared oh, or yeah. having a panic attack or something. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, 
yeah, every time that I have been trying to get active, mm-hmm. or like the last two times I've been um, in like kind of regular rigorous exercise, I I got that shock. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, have not done anything to that extent yet. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm trying to push it and stuff, and I'm working with like a psychologist to like help me mm. increase my heart rate and try to gain confidence in my heart again. Mm-hmm. I guess so, how, yeah. how has uh, seeing a psychologist been and do you think it was a big help on your mental health? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. It helps a lot because it kind of gets all your thoughts on paper. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets your thoughts out there. They ask questions that you wouldn't think of on your own. Mm-hmm. or And they have kind of like a process as to how to get over your fears or your anxiety. And mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like a ladder process, you know, um, numbering things as to how hard, uh, how anxious they make you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, walking upstairs, uh, let's say from a scale from zero to 100, maybe back then it was like a 30, 30 percent. Sure. I was, I was kind of scared of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 100 being jumping into a volleyball game. <laughs> Yeah, right? that's that's insanely scary. But uh-huh. by numbering, you know, certain things that I felt scary and like putting them over one another, mm-hmm. putting them under, it kind of you know it helps you work up the ladder. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll start with walking stairs. Okay, what if I increase the pace mm-hmm. or something? Or what if I, what if I go for a jog instead? Mm-hmm. Right, and then once I can do a jog, okay, what if I jump, do some jumping jacks? Mm-hmm. right and so it's like a fear hierarchy ladder i think is what it's called sure and so it helps you you know step by step uh complete goals mm-hmm. and try to climb your way up the ladder mm. so that's something i won't have done on my own i don't think because <laughs> in my head everything's scary right in your in your head you'll see everything and be like i can't do that it's scary i can't do that that's gonna make me anxious yeah but if you start numbering things then it's kind of like it makes it easier to progress through them mm-hmm. or makes you more likely to actually, you know, try to do something. Mm-hmm. And it's just so. like a logical path and like specific goals, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And aside mm-hmm. from that, it's just like, you know, talking to someone that has studied like, you know, people who go through or like who works, uh, people who work with, uh, things that, um, or people who work with um, people such as myself, like right, mm-hmm. like they have that expertise and they know how to help them over overcome it. And just you know, talking about even just talking about my week, how I felt, mm-hmm. yeah. And it helps me. It just helped me reflect as to how I felt mm-hmm. and like how, how where my where my head was at. Mm-hmm. Like you know, how anxious were you feeling this week? You know, oh, I'm mm-hmm. pretty anxious because this thing happened mm-hmm. or something, right? Yeah, and having, you know, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, and you know, you can talk with your parents about certain stuff, but um, I think seeking like professional help, as with um, other mental like um, illnesses as well, like it's good to seek a professional. I think because hmm. they've been trained to ask you questions or talk to you in a certain way that can help you uh, work out your, you know. Uh, your worries and your thoughts mm. and problems. 
So, yeah. Having like gone through a psychologist now, do you think that even if you didn't have any more trauma and stuff, it's something that you feel like would be beneficial for just like anyone or including yourself? Or do you think it's more like you think outside of your trauma, you didn't, you don't necessarily feel it's too necessary? Outside of my trauma, I don't think it would be necessary because I think that's what friends are for. They're mm. kind of like mini psychologists. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, anyone who is, you know, depressed or uh, has gone through trauma, I definitely mm. would recommend them to seek professional help because um, they just have the tools to better help you mm-hmm. uh, work through your, like, you know, demons or mm-hmm. your um, worries and anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would definitely recommend to try it at least once in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you don't know that something, you know, subconsciously or like something's happening in your mind and mm-hmm. you don't know about it. And you just kind of think that's just how you are. But mm-hmm. maybe... You are suffering with with uh, mental illness or like depression, mm-hmm. and you just don't know it. You know, sometimes that, that's, <laughs> that's possible. Memories. Yeah, yeah. So I I recommend to try it at least once mm-hmm. and see, you know, if it's life changing or like uh, help, very helpful, mm-hmm. then that's great. And if it's not, then that's fine, right? Mm-hmm. At least you tried, yeah. and at least you know that you know you're at peace. Your mm-hmm. your your mind is somewhat healthy so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean yeah I, I just thought it was kind of interesting when you were saying that you think uh, therapists are really good at asking questions that you'd never really ask yourself and I think yeah that's something that's pretty cool because it just provides a new perspective or like a deeper form of thinking that you have to do exactly and yeah I was just I'm just kind of curious like what are is there anything any question that your therapist has asked you or some concept that they've told you that you think kind of applies to anyone, regardless of if it's for trauma or something, just some question that made you go like, Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. Okay. Um, can't think of any on the top of my head, but, um, I have to say like, Maybe like yeah just like uh where are you most worried about or something what's mm-hmm. the worst thing that can ever happen to you or something mm-hmm. sure uh i don't know i i can't think like i'm sure i have a better question mm-hmm. but like so, something like that okay right and then right oh i'm like oh i don't know uh I collapse or something, mm-hmm. right? Or I get shocked mm-hmm. uh, back back before when I had my device. Yeah. And then, um, and then, oh, and why? It's like, oh, because, you know, I, I get so anxious. I'd know that my heart isn't fixed, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, oh, how probable is it that it will mm-hmm. happen? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it really gets you thinking. I think the probability thing, it's like, well, I mean, I don't think it's too probable it'll happen today or right mm-hmm. now. And so when you start thinking about that, it's like, um, another question they had asked was like, 
how often do you, do you worry about your heart? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, quite a bit of days, like times in the day, like at least like, you know, 30 plus or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like many yeah. times, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then they're like, how many times have you been shocked in the uh-huh. past days or something? Yeah. And I was like, mm, zero. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. you know, when you put in that perspective, it's like all those times I, I was worrying or thinking about my heart. Mm-hmm. I didn't get shocked in those times. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and then so the probability of being shocked decreases, mm-hmm. at least, you know, mentally, mentally, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. physically, can't say what the probability is really. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're not a doctor or like scientist or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, in your in your mind, you can say yeah, the probability probability is pretty low actually. Mm. So that yeah. those kinds of exercises, mm-hmm. right? It kind of dumbs it down or like it, it breaks it down. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought about that. I would just because in the moment you're just like I'm worrying about my heart, my heart. I'm scared, right? Like I'm anxious about my heart, yeah. but you're not thinking. Oh, I thought about this like 30 times today, but I didn't get shocked. Nothing crazy happened mm-hmm. today, so I should be fine. I shouldn't yeah. have. I, I shouldn't worry about it. So like trying to work through like mental like blockades like that, mm-hmm. like with those questions that they ask you. It's like yeah. it was pretty helpful. Yeah. Uh, do you think, or what are some ways that you feel like this incident has kind of? changed your life i mean the obvious one as you said is you feel like you can't really play competitive sports anymore and you have like a little bit of ptsd um Mm -hmm. but i mean for example one thing that's i think is pretty common with these incidents is lots of people for one maybe they become like more faithful they become like religious or something out they have a new outlook on life or something um Uh i guess yeah how has this affected you outside of just sports and trauma was there anything positive that kind of came out of this or just what are ways you feel like you've definitely changed um definitely okay so i think um i've become a lot more patient sure right Mm -hmm. uh because um i'd like to say i was a patient person before Mm -hmm. uh but i've become even like more patient after mm-hmm. like i feel like i can like watch paint dry on the wall now almost <laughs> like that amount of patience sure. like um that's why you know someone never says like i'm sorry i was late or something i was like yeah. dude you're, you're early in my <laughs> books like i'm just like dude like time for me is just like different now i think okay. i think I just have a lot more patience now because, you know, I had to go through a couple surgeries, had to wait mm-hmm. a couple times. I couldn't even get into the surgery. Like, mm-hmm. right away, I'd have to be waitlisted. I'd have to wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. So those ta- those days of, you know, waiting for the surgery but being anxious throughout the entire day mm-hmm. and having to wait maybe, like, I think the longest one was, like, two months, I think. Sure. So it was, like, two months of just being anxious every day and worrying mm-hmm. and being like, oh, the surgery has to come sooner so I, so I feel a little bit better or something, right? Yeah. So, like, just, like, you know, the the, the saying, like, time heals all wounds, mm-hmm. I'd say it's decently true because uh, 
you know, when, when you get to the present and you look back a little bit to the past, you're like, you know, I, I'm glad I, I stayed and stuck through it because, you know, I'm feeling pretty good nowadays. Mm. So patience, right? Wait okay. until like, uh, you know, I'm optimistic, right? Wait until the day comes when it's better or like, mm. you know, brighter days in the future. Mm-hmm. So definitely that's, that's one big thing that changed for me and perspective, uh, kind of, I didn't, um, yeah, just not judging people by their cover. Sure. I remember there's a time when, um, you know, right after the surgery, I couldn't move my shoulder because it would, um, uh, I need to let the, um, the wires and the device sit like and heal mm-hmm. and kind of bind to my like body, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't move my arm. And I think one time my mom had to help me put my jacket on in like mm-hmm. public. So like I, she kind of had to like, you know, put it on for me cause I couldn't mm-hmm. move my arm. I couldn't get it through the arm sleeve without lifting it. Mm-hmm. And so I felt a little bit embarrassed or I was mm-hmm. like, I was kind of looking around and seeing if anyone was like looking at me weird (laughs) and to see if, you know, like, you know, being like wanting to tell them, Hey, I, it's because I have a heart. Like Mm -hmm. it's because I put this, I have this device in, I have to heal and I can't put it on myself, Mm -hmm. you know, like, but that feeling of wanting to explain it to everyone Mm -hmm. that, you know, like, so like, you know, people shouldn't, judge a book by the by its cover right if you Mm. saw someone if you're out with your friends and you saw someone doing that or like you know someone had their like a grown man having (laughs) his mom put his jacket on for him um (laughs) you know you'd be like dude this guy can do it himself right (laughs) you're like what a baby however right (laughs) but like perspective right if Mm -hmm. we swap if you if you would if if someone that day saw me and was thinking that, and they swapped shoes with me, I'd hope mm-hmm. that, you know, I would, they would see, right? They would, mm-hmm. You know, perspective. My perspective mm-hmm. is way different from someone else else's perspective of me. They don't mm-hmm. know the full story. Yeah. So relating that of how I felt then, mm-hmm. then, like, I kind of don't judge anyone ever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I know from experience that, I've probably been judged before or mm-hmm. because um, because of my condition or something, right? Like, uh, hey, why isn't that guy running with his friends? Why isn't he mm-hmm. running? Well, because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm scared of my heart. I, I had this thing happen to me. I, I can't run. I, I can't. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm a buzzkill or something. <laughs> I, I can't run. I, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, but, yeah, but so... If I want people to not judge me for those times, mm-hmm. then I can't judge other people. I can't expect people to not judge me mm-hmm. if I'm judging other people, mm-hmm. right? So, like, yeah. I look at everyone and I treat them equally. Mm. Or, like, you know, I I wonder, hey, this is out of the ordinary, but, you know, there's a reason for this. There's mm-hmm. a reason why someone's maybe, you know, saying that. Or acting that way, I don't know what's happening yet, you know, in their lives. 
mm-hmm. maybe maybe something they're having a bad day right or like mm-hmm. stuff like that you don't you don't know the full picture so mm-hmm. you can't make fun of anyone or you can't mm-hmm. uh you can't judge anyone for yeah. for it because uh, there's lots of things everyone's in fighting their own war mm-hmm. in their lives mm-hmm. and it's, it's even though it's not visible yeah. even though it's not visible um it's there and it's very mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. so no, I, I, I think those are the two biggest ones yeah no, I, I see how this experience has really kind of changed your life and uh, I mean, thanks for sharing this pretty traumatic experience. I'm sure it wasn't too easy to talk about, but I'm glad to hear that you're at least doing a lot better recently. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, yeah, I'm glad I was able to share my experience because, uh, yeah, it's uh, something that not a lot of people like know about me, but I, um, I just want to open up about it, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, people can learn. Um, something from mm-hmm. my experiences and um, yeah and <laughs> yeah yeah that's what well, <laughs> well talking about learning from experiences um, we're coming up to the end of this episode but the very last question that I always ask people is uh, has to do with the, their experiences that they've shared um, I mean you've shared a couple of yours and obviously you you have many more experiences that you were unable to share just due to time but uh in through your experiences uh what are three life lessons of yours things that you've learned that you kind of carry forward with you i know you've kind of shared some already so you can kind of reiterate them if you want or share something new it's up to you okay um yeah so I, i guess i'll reiterate like um patience mm-hmm. right um in the big picture of things um you might want to rush something or you might be anxious about something not panning out in the future mm-hmm. but you know as long as you have somewhat optimist uh um, optimistic uh outlook on the future then uh as long as you have patience to wait for the time uh then in the future you'll be rewarded and Mm -hmm. you will look back and be like, Hey, I'm so happy I stuck through Mm -hmm. with this. Um, you know, uh, not judging other people. Mm. Uh, that's a very big, uh, right. Like perspectives. Mm. Um, being on the outside, looking in on someone's life for someone's actions some things might not be how, how they seem. Sure. So if you, you know, live your life uh, having that in mind, I think you'll give other people an equal opportunity. Uh, yeah, just an equal opportunity uh, to interact with you or mm-hmm. uh, just being fair, right? Be, mm-hmm. be, by not judging people, you equalize the playing ground and, you're being fair to people, even if you weren't to strike up a conversation with them or not. Just, yeah, just like mm. uh, give people the benefit of the doubt always. Sure. Uh, and last one, life experiences. Uh, quit the sport that you're playing right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> um, hmm. Uh, maybe just 
try to be yourself. Sure. Um, don't be focused on what other people are, are doing too much, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in high school, even university, maybe even throughout someone's entire life, mm-hmm. you always try to compare yourself to someone else. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, oh, they look better than me. They're smarter than me. They can, you know, there's always going to be someone like, like even like Instagram, like models or something, they're probably, they, they, they suffer with their insecurities as well because there's going to be another model mm-hmm. that, um, that they think is prettier than them or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. Yeah. And if, if that person's worrying, then you're like, oh man, like what? <laughs> they're so like beautiful or whatever. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. How is that person worrying about that? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not on this earth to compare ourselves to other people. We're, mm-hmm. You have to just focus on being yourself. Don't try too hard, too hard to like impress other people or like, right? Do what mm-hmm. you do. Do what you like to do in life. Mm-hmm. And just be the best you that there is because there's mm-hmm. no other you, right? There's no other Sean Choi in the world. Mm-hmm. There's no other Marcus Leeson in the world. <laughs> no one yeah. can be better at than you at being Marcus Leeson, right? Mm-hmm. No one can be better than me at being Sean Choi because it's however I want to live my life. It's mm-hmm. it, right. So just focus on being yourself and mm-hmm. and being the best like you that you want to see in yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that is about it that's 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 what i've learned throughout my life so far yeah yeah i mean i i think what's kind of cool is yeah even though these are your experiences these are things that hopefully other people can kind of learn from and take with their take with themselves as well and kind of shape help shape their own values and everything yeah. yeah. Um, so the very last thing i do on every episode is i give away what i call a friend award Um, Basically, I think people tend to emulate the people around them. So it's important to surround yourself with people who motivate and inspire you. Uh, I just want to acknowledge how friendly you've been and always very down uh, down for whatever. I think whenever I've asked you, like, oh, hey, do you want to try this or that? You've always made an effort to come through, and I really appreciate that. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you really are a very genuine person. And I think also just hearing about your experiences, you're very inspirational, just the way you've overcome everything. Um, you have this very calm and level-headed demeanor to yourself that makes it really seem like you can handle anything that comes your way. Uh, so I know you'll get through whatever incidents come your way. And best of luck in the future, dude. I'm glad to be your friend. Thanks so much, Marcus. And I'm so glad to be your friend, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, just to wrap things up, uh, is there anything you want to plug? I know you got into streaming recently, so maybe that. But Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I've just been... I got into streaming um, just like uh, like half a year ago. And... Yeah, I'm just on Twitch, uh, mm-hmm. Choi the Boy, uh, on on Twitch, C H O Y, the Boy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that that's about it. I just play video games, stream, uh, play with my friends, just talk to chat. So if mm-hmm. you want to like pop by or something, just let me know you're in the chat. Just say hi or something, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just kind of stream myself. Like I figured that I wanted to 
like uh, share my gaming experiences with friends who don't usually play video games mm-hmm. or just you know uh other people from across the world who might want to watch me play with my friends that's Mm -hmm. that's about it yeah i'll be sure to link his twitch in the description (laughs) in this episode uh from our side you can follow this podcast on instagram at lifely since podcast um but other than that thanks again sean for coming on telling your story uh thanks to everybody who's listening i'll see you guys on the next episode bye bye